Hey everyone, I'm Luke Gaston, and you're listening to Goofin'. Uh, let's hey, let's get into it. We've got a lot. Well, what a, what a week! What a week of shows we got. Uh, I've been doing a few shows out there in the old comedy world. It's pretty interesting because a lot of the shows are outdoor, and uh, Colorado right now it's like early September. It's Labor Labor Day weekend. Happy Labor Day, everyone! Uh, and uh, the sky's on fire. All all of Colorado's on fire. Uh, if you go outside, you're like, is it snowing? I'm like, oh no, it's just it's trees. So I'm doing outdoor shows, and I opened for a goat at this ranch uh, a couple weeks ago, and it's just the sky is just brimstone. It's like, how are we all doing out there? <laughs> like, I think nowadays, like, it's common courtesy, like when someone goes, like, oh, how's it going? You go, oh, good. Or if you're a jackass, you say, well, people say that all the time. Like, I go, oh, I'm doing well. If someone asks me, how's it going, and I go, oh, good, and you, and they go, I'm well. I'm like, oh, you think I'm stupid? I know it's correct, but I think sound good. I think good sounds. I think good sounds gooder. Well, I hope you're all doing uh, some variation of good out there. Uh, let's get into the episode. Got a really cool, real, real good one. Real nice. My guest today won the 2017 Comedy Works New Faces competition and was featured on the 2018 Montreal Just for Last Festival. And now in 2021, he's gonna be opening a brand new comedy club here in downtown Fort Collins called the Comedy Fort. Super cool dude. Clap your hands, slap your neighbor, jump up and down for the very funny David Rodriguez. <laughs> you, you and I have played World of Warcraft mm-hmm. nonstop for yeah? four, four, five months. How long have you been playing World of Warcraft? I don't remember when it came out. It was pre-quarantine, right? Oh yeah, it came out like a year ago, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it actually just passed like a year anniversary. <laughs> so, <laughs> so a year of my life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it's funny, like one of the, uh, I had a Facebook memory pop up like two or three months ago from like two years ago say, saying like uh, out of all the addictions that I've had in my life, the one that I'm most likely to relapse into is World of Warcraft, just as a bit, mm-hmm. just as a fun joke. And then uh, like probably like four or five months later, they announced World of Warcraft Classic is coming out. Yep. And... I told my wife about it and she gave me a look that was like it, it was like you know I'm not I'm not mad I'm just I'm disappointed uh-huh. uh, but also I'm mad <laughs> <laughs> that dude then you yeah because like my girlfriend had no idea that I I had this little little addiction in my back pocket because mm-hmm. sure. it, it was to- it's totally an addiction right oh yeah it is well yeah it's a, it's a whole nother life and uh, yep you know, there's so many things to do mm-hmm and it's it's tough to balance because you want to be in the world where you can you're like super good at all the things you're about to do. You know? Exactly. You're just like, and if somebody gets in my way, I'll fucking murk them. Oh, like that's so good, dude. Yeah. The, the people that game is so you. However much you play, you are just better than everyone else. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's the mindset you got to have. I remember you in WoW me. and in life. That's <laughs> yeah. Why, that's like, <laughs> work hard. You grind. You get there. Step on next. That's how you get higher. That's how you get to where you want to. No, you uh, crush. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you remember you telling me that your girlfriend was like, uh, you. There was a moment where she was gonna go out, and you were gonna go out, like you were like, oh, I just got one more raid like to do. Oh yeah. And yeah, there was yeah. Like an ultimatum set up in front of you. Yeah. Originally, this is so. This is like two thousand. I think it came out in two thousand five originally. And we started dating after that. We started dating like 2006. And then in like 2007, we had, I had like progressed in the game and had just gotten into this great guild. And they were like, oh, you know, we don't have any other warlocks. So you're getting geared up. Like, let's go. I'm like, this is amazing. And like, we got there. The and promised like, land. Yeah, I was like, at, like this is like, I made it, you know? Uh, and I... <laughs> Got to literally, I mean, it, it could not be any more just sitcom level timing. Like got to the front gate of the raid and we're like ready to go. And my girlfriend at the time comes in and she goes, what are you, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, well, we had this raid. And she was like, well, we had, look, we're all going bowling. I was like, well, I didn't know there was bowling plans. She's like, well, we're all going. So let's go. I was like, no, I gotta, I gotta do this. You don't understand. I gotta do this raid. And back then, like now, so I'm playing, we're playing the same game 15 years later. It got re-released in its original version. This is classic, right? So everything has 15 years of knowledge behind it. People have researched it. People have played it since then Mm -hmm. on private servers to themselves. So all these, like these are taking, these dungeons are taking like an hour and a half now. 
everybody knows how to do them. But back in the original, you know, when they first came out and people had no idea what they were, you had to learn it. Like these raids would take five, six hours. You'd be sitting in one place right, uh, with 40 other people screaming at you on ventrilo and your internet is oh. you know it's like a, watching a slideshow basically Dude. and the, and so she she was like basically she was like you need to choose and i was like well i'm gonna i mean i'm gonna do the raid she's like no you need if if you do this like i'm i don't know I, we're just i can't and i was like oh oh all right and i like got like my character got like blasted into the lava, like down by oh. the gate. And I, so I just like watched him in the lava and I was like, and I just like walked out. We went bowling and I left him there and just logged off and didn't log in. Had to do it bowling again. You know, I don't think it was this time, but the only bowling memory I have with that crew is one, the like one of the only times I can ever remember breaking 200. Really? I was like one of the last ones. I was the last one to go. And I like made a turkey in the last frame to bowl like a two twelve or whatever, and I looked up so pumped, and everybody was already outside smoking a cigarette. Like nobody cared. <laughs> so you would have crushed at raid night for sure. I would, yeah, I was so. And but nope, she gave me that ultimatum, and uh, now we are we are married. <laughs> <laughs> we are married with two beautiful children, and I'm an adult man mm-hmm. starting a business, and I'm and I'm able to negotiate time for myself. <laughs> to go back and relive. I finally got the gear that I wanted when I was, you know, 22 years old. <laughs> Beautiful. That's what I did. It was like when the quarantine started, I was like, well, World of Warcraft is up and I can't go like cuz I felt like it was my civic duty to not to play World of Warcraft mm-hmm. and be away from people. Yeah. So like when I was playing it 8 hours straight, I'd be like, well, I'm doing my part. You know? Yeah. Like that's I'm keeping everybody else safe. Bingo. Yeah, stopping the spread. That's what we're doing. Yeah. That was yeah, my son was just like, you know, my wife would go she, cuz she was she's been working from home. And she would come out and be like, don't let him play video games all day when we're in the middle of lockdown. And I'd be like, son, don't play video games all day. And he'd be like, why? I'd be like, oh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Is but maybe great? I don't. Yeah, I mean, all right, go ahead. I mean, I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. And the games, you know, you got jobs in the mm-hmm. game. You got professions. Yeah, you have professions to get you gold, to get you gear, to beat this boss to eventually get to the next botch which requires gold, gear, and more professions. There, yeah, there's nothing more difficult than convincing somebody like you know my wife or somebody who does not play the game that it is worth your time to have a job in a video game to make a currency that is not valuable outside of your no outside of your computer but the adrenaline rush of getting like you like when you see that skinning going from 155 to 156 Mm -hmm. skill you're like oh right i'm learning i'm doing it i'm getting better (laughs) it's like yeah if you if we just applied a modicum of that, you know, grind and determination to yeah. our real to life. Literally anything. Literally anything else. Skill up the stand up. Yep. Well, we can slowly start getting back to that, it seems like. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, clubs opening in January still? That's the plan. The Comedy Fort? The Comedy Fort in Fort Collins, Colorado. First stand up venue uh, since Comedy Works closed its doors in the mid 90s mid 90s yeah so almost you know 25 almost 30 years without a comedy club in in Fort Collins definitely time there's definitely well you know i don't know if there's people are clamoring for it now yeah it's kind but of, kind of ishy every okay so so ground rules for this conversation everything we say about stand up now we're just going to refer to hype levels pre lockdown bingo you know yes <laughs> because that makes me feel better about this business venture that i'm diving into putting all of my time resources and, and the credit because yeah, hody's had to close down and you scored the place didn't you start at hody's half note yeah yeah, yes. Yeah. So Hody's Half Note is the venue. It was a, it was a music venue uh, in, in Old Town, and they had to shut down, obviously, because of the pandemic, and they were closed longer than they thought, and the owner was already trying to you know, sell the building. He uh, had taken a position up at the Mish oh, wow. and was going to be booking for them. Um, and so I tried to buy the building at first, but that didn't work out because I didn't want to go get a giant loan from the bank for the upfront you know, down payment, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And so kind of walked away from the deal, looked at a few other spaces, then the pandemic hit and he came back and he was like, hey, you know, if you want to, if you want to lease it, we can do, you know, we can look at a flexible type thing, um, you know, with clauses that say if the pandemic surges back and you have to shut down, you don't have to pay, you know, full price rent. So, oh, nice. no, yeah, so there's no, you know, 
there's no feeling that we have to be open unsafely. Yeah. We can just, you know, shut it down. It must feel surreal to now own the place you first started open mic comedy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, t- uh, 2015, I think, January of 2015, I did my first set there. I had already been going to open mics. I went to my first, op- I watched my first open mic at Lions Lair in Denver. Probably like six months before that. That is an open mic. That is. <laughs> that that's is a, well, yeah, I, and I've said this before in, in a few, you know, when uh, whenever you do interviews about stand up, they're like, "Well, what made you want to do stand up?" It's like when you're when you're growing up, your only exposure to stand up is like the top, you know, the people that are worldwide known, the people that are on TV every day. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not if you're not diving into that world. The only people you know are like Seinfeld or. You know, just pe- people like that that are huge and they're like rock stars, basically. Right. You know, they're playing the stadiums and that's the way, all. The way you think they are is just like, oh, they just one day got up on a stage of a thousand like theater. Yeah, yeah. Like- you're like, that's all. Yeah, you're like, I don't expect to be able to, you know, like you, you know, they're on like U2 and like all the, you know, mega bands in the world. You're like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, I can't do that. Right. You know, there's celebrities. Like, I'm, but then you. So then I went to an open mic for the very first time in a dive bar at a, you know 11 p.m. on a Monday. What brought you there? Uh, my friend. We, I was living uh, right down the street in Denver at the time, and my friend was like, "Oh yeah, they've got open mic comedy. We should go. We should go check it out." I'm like, "Okay." And when you watch open mic comedy at a dive bar <laughs> at 11 p.m. on a Monday, oh, you're like, "Oh fucking!" Literally anybody is allowed to do this literally anyone literally for better or worse most of the time for worse (laughs) anybody is allowed and that and then you see that and you're like i could do i could i'm funnier than at least some of these people right um and denver is like it's 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 an awesome place to go it's an awesome place to start and it's an awesome place to watch amateur stand-up because there's such a wide range like you get people off the street that are just insane and just in there to you know do whatever but it's all the way up to people that you know like josh blue and mm-hmm. and the growlix guys people that have specials and tv shows like they're still working it out like they're they're in there and, and the so starting all point, levels yeah the starting point's the same spot yeah the lion's lair yeah. pretty much <laughs> yeah yeah and hody's is kind of like that for for fort collins did you move up to fort collins and then start yeah hody's so you yeah. saw the lion's lair didn't go up. I saw lion's lair and I was like, well, I'm not going to go up until because like I saw people just eat shit and I'm like, well, I'm not going to, I'm you know, yeah, I'm not going to do that. It's a meat grinder. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not reckless. I'm not a sociopath. Yeah. I don't think that I could just get up and just get laughs. And so like I went and like I studied and I wrote and I just lurked for mm-hmm. a few months, just getting to know, getting your weapons ready. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cause I'm very, you know, that's how I'm, that's how I am pretty much about everything in life you know i i don't i latch on to one thing and you know focus on it and learn everything about it like chess and when i was young i was yeah. like i'm yeah it was like fourth or fifth grade i was like everything i want to know everything i want to like i've got chess books for christmas and like that's yeah <laughs> dive all the way in learn every th- possible thing i can about it uh and so that's how it was with stand-up i got the books and i you know just started listening to podcasts and watching specials and and really trying to learn as much as i could about it before i went up for the first time and and denver is you know it's it's a tough scene to break into it's very clicky there's Mm -hmm. you know everybody has their friend groups and everybody's got you know they're in a rhythm down there they've got a whole operation right and part of a scene i think is like when they're kind of clicky it's actually kind of to defend the people who are like it's actually kind of a little defense of like crazy people who might be a little like might hurt the scene a little bit. Yeah. But that's kind of a dual edged sword where it's like, oh, if you're new at an open mic, they're like, nah, I don't yeah. want to talk to you at all. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and I feel like stand up loves to stand up as a whole loves to kind of glamorize, you know, it's like, you know, hip hop yeah. or music, like pay your dues. Like yeah. you don't, you know, we don't have nobody has to look at you until you prove that you're funny. You show type us. thing. Show yeah. us, yeah. Put yeah, put in your time. You know, get your. St- you got to do forty open mics a week for three years <laughs> before anybody's gonna put you on a show that you have to pay to bring, get drinks to, to do. People. Yeah, you have to bring thirty eight friends. When you're doing chess, what mm-hmm. was, are there like a bunch of get someone out in like two turns or three turns kind of things? Um, well, so the way that most we play mostly online now. Oh, I, I can't remember the last time I played somebody on a physical chessboard. Would you be able to annihilate me in a game of chess right now? I've played like maybe a hundred games. Maybe. Yeah, 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 for sure. Wow. 
<laughs> chess is a pretty steep learning curve, and mm. it's not like you can't just fake it because it's you like know? you recognize patterns and then you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing with online is like you you can your rating is like right there by your name and profile, so you play at your own rating, or you want it. You're the the way to improve is to play people like slightly better than you um, pretty much every match. Um, like I'm not, I'm not great. Like my, I think my ratings like 17 to 1800 and like the, once you start like professional players, the lowest ranking professional player is, I think they're like starts in the two thousands. So it's like all the way up to super grandmasters, like the highest, the world champion is like 2800 rated. The wizards who could do like four guest chain, like games of chess at once. Oh, much more than that. If they're playing simuls against you know, against unrated opponents. I mean, yeah, there's pictures of like Bobby Fischer playing like, you know, 50 games in this giant <laughs> hall. Like he's just walking in this giant circle. And he's just crushing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That must feel so good. <laughs> just walk in, just like, I run this shit. <laughs> yep. That's, I wish I could feel like that in stand-up comedy someday. So, so you definitely had that drive where you wanted to like, when you found stand-up, what was it about stand-up that was like, kind of felt like that chess kind of moment where you're like, wow, I can dive into this thing. Yeah, I... I, I I like to say that when I did my first set, it was a very it was it was really like as cliche as it sounds. It was like a a light switch moment. Like oh, this is what I've wanted to do my whole life, and yep. I didn't know it till just right now. Yep, I you know? had a similar thing. I was like oh yeah, damn it, this is it. This is it. <laughs> like I can't like anybody who doesn't want to do this as their full time career profession is an idiot. And, and it, like, that's how I, like, that's, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, doing anything else does not make sense to me. Yeah. You know? And, like, I, I, I how, I can't comprehend people quitting stand-up. You know? Like, once you do it the first time, like, how could you ever not do it again? But right. then I go do some more open mics in Denver. I'm like, oh, I get it. Oh, I, I got you. It. Yeah. yeah. If yeah, you would have yeah. done Lions Lair that night, it might have been a different story. That might have might been different. Because I, uh, I started Hodies too my first time. You yeah. Actually, you were, ho- no, it wasn't, it was a, yeah, you hosted the first time and then it was Mallory Wallace who oh, hosted yeah. the other times I went. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I got on stage and then I ate shit. I did well the first time. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I did, this is okay. This works. And then got too cocky and I ate shit for like four months. And yeah. I, I would go up like one week, eat shit, wait two weeks, go up again. But it was like this thing that I was slowly getting into. Was it like, were you the same way or was it like every week you were going? I had a pretty, well, uh, so I was a stay-at-home dad when I started. I had like just moved up to Fort Collins, um, quit my job so that, you know, we'd gotten back together with my now wife and um, I think like a year, maybe a year before that. And we... I don't think we were, I don't think she was pregnant with my daughter yet, but maybe she was. It was like, I'm like a, a <laughs> I'm a New Year's comic. Like my first set was like January 6th. It oh, was like nice. the first open mic of the new year. So I always get really defensive whenever New Year's comes around and people are like, oh, fucking resolution comics, clogging up come. the open mics, you know, same like the gym. Everybody's going to go to the gym for like two weeks and it's going to, I'm like, well, well, that might be the thing that pushes them to do it. Yeah, like yeah. how about you work on your own jokes and not worry about people trying new things. Slam. Yeah. You moved here and then you're like, I'm going to go to Hody's. Did you like look up online that Hody's had a thing or? Well, we had actually, when we came up here to look at places in Fort Collins before we even moved here from Arizona, we found there was an open mic at Pateros uh, uh, for a long time. Long, long. It's a brewery in Fort Collins that uh, died. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. One of the one of the best, you know, showcases in town. Um, and we went to that and I can remember, I'm trying to remember who all was there. I, I, I'm pretty sure Bob Gaudet was hosting that day. The Bob Father. Uh, French accent was for sure there. Nice. That's something that has burned into my brain forever. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is really fun. Are this you- is cool. And then you see him one more time and you're like, oh, I, okay. Oh, oh I see, yeah. I see why everybody, all the comics just like sigh. No, because it's <laughs> the same shit every it's just, time. It's a lot. Do you follow him on Facebook? He has a lot of good points I on do not. Facebook. I oh, do not. Darn. I, I actually just had to unfollow him. <laughs> I, was like, I was like the last one. I was like, yeah. I just, I just want to see what the crazy shit he says. Yeah, and yeah. then I was like, oh, this and is... And you're crazy. like, oh, no. Zero mutual friends. What happened? I'm the last... So you're the last <laughs> one only... in the room. You're looking around. You're like, this is crazy. But, oh, nobody's here. Okay. I'm his only friend. Like, yeah. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> you're, you're the third comic to bring up that guy. It's funny. I've had I've done three episodes and every comic's like, oh, sure. Oh, yep. He's just, I guess he's just, he's like myth. Or I mean, fable. if everybody started around who everybody, he, I mean, 
there was only a dozen comics in the scene, you know? Yeah. So it's like um, Chris Tate was there. I remember her doing a set and it was awesome. Uh, and Nate Brown, I remember Nate Brown doing a set and he did his joke about uh, Catholic ants, moderately Catholic ants. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you see the show and you're like, oh, this is a real thing right in front of my eyes. Yeah. In my own I'm like, this is cool. Uh, and, you know, and we're at Patero's and, and Patero's is a great place to hang out. And so I, I looked it up. I, I think I posted on the Fort Collins Reddit when we moved back up and I was like, where are the open mics? And it was only Hodies and Yum Yums. Back, so 2015? 2015, there was only two open mics and there was one showcase run by Mutt Rogers mm -hmm. at the what's, Wild Boar, also now closed, I believe. Yeah. Wild Boar Cafe. A lot of turnover in this town. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I went i think i went a couple times to those mics and it was everybody was so encouraging when they found out that like i wanted i was thinking about trying it yeah um because again you know such a small scene you can tell when there's a new person you know maybe not now there's like so many more comics now and it's a it, the mic is crowded with actual people so you can't you know pick out a brand new person from yeah. week to week when i was doing hoodies the last couple like you know rest in peace the last couple of weeks it was like maybe 10 new people every mm -hmm. time just yeah. and they would never come back They're right just 10 people like i want to try stand up yeah, bucket list exactly college kids but uh yeah and everybody i mean uh it was uh elliot broder and uh Bob and they were like yeah do it definitely what do you got to lose go mm -hmm. for it get up there I was like okay I'm gonna do it I'm like gonna do dual it dual hosting or something no no just talking just oh, like cool. chatting in the back yeah uh and I went out and I like I prepared and like I was like all right I'm gonna do it this is like New Year's and I think we were uh yeah we were Aaliyah was pregnant with Stella and she was due in like April and I'm like this is like New Year's I just turned 30 I'm going to do that you know like I don't I'm going to I'm going to go for it and I don't want my daughter like my daughter is going to be born into a world where I was always a comedian that's what's going to happen right now like I'm going to like go nice. for it type thing you know uh, it's like a kind of third life crisis or something <laughs> yeah, like that yeah 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 <laughs> uh, definitely a lot of new beginnings type things happening there and so you go on stage and you crush or go on, um I mean I did like 3 minutes I got a couple, you know, middling, decent laughs. Um, I had that Hitler joke. That was definitely my first set. I don't remember my that. Hitler joke. You never heard that. Never heard your Hitler joke. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was. That's fantastic. That's one of your first jokes. It, I think it was the first joke I did. I just got up there and uh, I said, "I think Hitler must have been a pothead." Because you know, because everybody knows that type of person that when they get stoned, like. All they want to do is clean <laughs> and I just stare <laughs> at the audience and just wait for all the groans to come in. But a few laughs. And a few laughs. French accent clapping his ass. And I do like, it. I'm like, I, I'll still put that in sets from time to time now and like frame it as like, this is the first joke I ever did. I'm like, yeah, isn't that, isn't that messed up? That the first joke I ever did was perfect. <laughs> it's yeah. a perfect joke. <laughs> I, I think I blocked out a lot of the things I, I said at the first couple times. I was like, man, I like, yeah, because when you like when you watch stand up for the first couple times, you're like, oh, I just go up there and Louis C.K. is saying saying things he should never say yeah. in front of people. So yeah, yeah. just go do that. That and must then, be the key. Mm -hmm, and then the crickets come out, and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. That was like, I think that was the one joke that I had like a punchline, like an actual punchline for, uh, even though it was like for groans and silence and. And then, I, you know, I had a couple more. I don't remember what else I had in it. I still have a video of my first competition set from Yum Yums somewhere. Yeah, Yum Yums was a, a $100 prize. Yeah. Thing. And so, like, I, I did that set and, like, it felt good. Like, I got a couple laughs. Like, it, it wasn't amazing, but it was the first time. I was so nervous. Yeah. I, I can remember pacing and, like, just clenching my jaw as hard as I could because, I, like, and I didn't realize it. So, I would just get these headaches for the first, like, six months I was in really? comedy. Um, cause I would, yeah, I would just get nervous the to go up and before going yeah, on, yeah, yeah. I just freaked you out. And, uh, and it was good. I felt good. And everybody's like, you need to come to, uh, yum yums tomorrow. Cause it was Hodies on Monday, yum yums on Tuesday. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll come. And I went and it was packed. There was so the whole place was full and there's like 20 comics on and I meet Captain Jason who's running it. Nice. And he gives me like a decent spot. I think I went, you know, I went up like halfway through the show and just destroyed like best set of my like i can i can remember just applause breaks and i was just like this is incredible 
Yes. And I think so you 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 met stand up at Hody's, yeah. but you fell in love with it probably at Yum Yums. Well <laughs> I so that set was amazing. And then the comic who went up after me was like I and like I just sat right back down in the front row because mm -hmm. like I'm still new. I'm like I'm supporting the show. I'm sitting in the front and I'm like ordering stuff from the bar. And so I just sit right back down in the front and the comic uh, who's not doing comedy anymore and got up and he looked at me. He was like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> what the fuck? He's like, I don't want to follow that shit. He and just, he, just, he just has a meltdown to silence and then gets off the stage. And I was like, oh, this is I'm feeling good now. Mm -hmm. This is this is great. You made someone quit stand up that day. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and Ryan Noel and Mark Zemmel came up to me afterwards. They're like, who are you? Who's the new kid? Mm -hmm. What's going on? Where'd you come from? And uh, chatted with them and and made fast friends with them because they're they're awesome. And then uh, so I advanced to the finals. It was like two or three people, you know, get a spot in the finals every week. Yeah, and uh, felt great for that. And uh, and the host was like, "You can come back. Like if you come back next week, uh, you can do like a warm up spot, mm -hmm. or you can do like something at the end since you already qualified." Nice. Uh, I was like, "Great. Yep, I'll be here." And I came back the next week and you go up first and there's like four people there Ooh. and I'm just have every, all the confidence in the world. And I get up there and just eat my own dick for <laughs> for four minutes to complete silence. Isn't that the worst? And I'm just like, oh, no, this isn't I'm not going to have a next Netflix special in, you know, six months like this is going to be this is not good. The bomb happened. Yeah, I got the whole spectrum mm -hmm. of emotions in the first two weeks of open mic comedy. That's awesome. Uh, and, I, and I ended up, I brought a ton of people to the finals that month. I brought, you know, I had like poker buddies and, you know, because when you first get into comedy, you still have friends mm -hmm. and from, from, other, from the real world. Yeah. And so I brought a ton of people and ended up getting second to French accent in, in the first <sighs> monthly finals. Wow. That's a, and that's uh, still have a, you still have a. It, it drives me to this day. <laughs> that's your driving force. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Five years now. Yeah, that's that's hilarious, dude. And you you first got to see the Fort Collins scene just immediately kind of welcomed you in a way. Yeah, yeah. For the, for for the most part, uh, I can remember everybody who was around at that time being super friendly. Uh, Erdman was there. I'm trying to think who well, Phil was there, mm -hmm. and it was I mean the good was, old crew. Yeah, it was mostly dudes. <laughs> we try to get you know as many women interested in it as we can here. Because when did you meet? Because you started uh, the comedy fort was actually first started as Fort Comedy, which yeah. is like your kind of producing company for comedy shows around. Yeah. Here. When did you meet your two duos in crime, Mallory Wallace and uh, Kyle Polk? I met Kyle at my first. Um, I did my first, so started in January. I did that wild boar showcase in February, which people were immediately like a couple of people were like, why do you, who are you? Why do you get booked? Who are you? I want to do that. Oh. Show. Like there was like open jealousy, like immediately. I'm like, I don't know. He just asked me to do the show. I thought that was, I thought I was supposed to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you got 10 to 12 minutes. I was like, for sure. I was like, I haven't been on stage 10 to 12 minutes total yet, but I yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was great. The show was great. And then I got uh, Erdman asked me to do his Pateros show that him and, and Elliot were running. And Pogue was at that. And I met him at that. And I and I think he started like right after that. Whenever his I think he started on his birthday. Oh, he didn't. He was an audience member. at Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. He, so he started right after me. And. I think Mallory came along a couple months after that because she she knew Erdman, mm -hmm. and there was like some roast. I think I, I was I think I was out of town. There was like a roast of Erdman, and she came and just fucking annihilated him just at a friend level, which is always the funniest. You know, like she had never totally. done stand up, but she just obliterated just, Erdman on this roast, and everybody's like, "You're incredible. You need to come back and do comedy." And she's like, "Well, okay, sure." <laughs> and you all meet? Do you all like kind of meet up at? Hodies and start hitting the mics or I think so I well so we really became a, a crew went because Kyle started the boot show mm -hmm. and was like will you help me he's like will you be on it and I was like sure and Sam T had posted that he was looking for rooms to work out new material because he was running some new 45 or something and I was like Kyle you need to get this guy yeah and he was like okay I was like trust me he's like okay cool yeah. And so we, I, I reached out to Sam and he's like, yeah, I'll come do it for sure. And I mean, it was like, you know, the biggest show that the town had seen independently because it, it was just we had more space 
and you know we hyped it up and and promoted the hell out of it free show in in july and packed the place and sam was like i mean sam did what sam does he just leveled the place oh, for over an hour made a like, crater in the earth yeah around the uh, yeah and I, I featured and did like 20 and felt great like i like was and this is how many months into stand up for you this is like six months in now that's crazy six months in i did my best 20 minutes and crushed and felt great and sam came up to me afterwards he's like who are you what was that <laughs> yeah I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I just started, you know, six months ago. And it's still, I can remember, it's still like the highest, highest compliment I could, you know, get at that point. Sam just goes, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Six months, fuck you, buddy. Mallory said That's the not same, real. Mallory said the same thing to me my first, my first time on stage. Nice. Because you, you brought, you brought me up. I did my set and then you brought her up and she's like, how many, how many times you did this? She's like, it's my first time. And she's yeah. like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anger is the highest compliment that com that comedians can give. Totally. Anger and, or, well, yeah, the, the highest compliment is I'm jealous of what you have. Mm -hmm. Just saying that out loud. And is, fuck you. Yeah. And fuck you. Love you too, though. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> and so Sam, that opened some doors because Sam, uh, he let me, he brought me down to feature forum at Looney's uh, nice. on, on Halloween weekend. And so, you know, right away I was getting a lot of, you longer got sets swept up into the right and, into it, man. That's yeah, cool. well, yeah, new faces. Like I, I uh, won new faces that year and got feature sets on the road from pros at Comedy Works because they're like, yeah, come on, all in your first year. Yeah, all in my first year. <laughs> what if you just quit next year and did something else? Yeah, <laughs> like yep, yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I whatever. did it. I did comedy. Uh, but I, so I've always put a premium on quality stage time mm -hmm. as opposed to you know, there's people that are like. I did 25 open mics this week. You know, it's like, okay, what did you gain from right. doing the same jokes the same way to a barbecue restaurant of two people that are actively trying to ignore you? Yes. You know, like, what's what's the value in that? There is definitely a point where, like, your your grind is just going to dull your... Yeah. I mean, you get more comfortable on stage, but, uh, you know, that doesn't help you if you are not getting feedback on your material and your jokes. Right. Um, so I made it... I made it a point. I mean, I saw my first set at Comedy Works was New Faces. I <laughs> did not. I went and I watched and like, I, you know, I went just as a, you know, paid. I saw like Jeselnik there and like was, went to see shows as an audience mm -hmm. member, you know, bought tickets and went. I was like, this place is magical and uh, found out about New Faces and signed up and I show up. Hadn't done. New, I was calling into New Talent Night, but was not able to get up in time. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't realize it took like three months if you're for your first time back then. Yeah, back <laughs> then it's gonna be even longer when yeah. it comes back. So um, how, what is it? Because I, I remember what it's like first time I got on Comedy Works stage compared to any other stage. Mm -hmm. How did you feel in that little curtain before going on stage? I so <laughs> I was still battling a lot of anxiety and a lot of um, sort of like aftershocks from. I had like a giant panic attack. Breakdown. Have we talked about this before? No. In life? No. Uh, <laughs> again, this comes up on every podcast that I talk about how I started stand-up comedy. It's fun to relive. Because I know you're six years uh, sober. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had a whole life reset. I basically had this big mental break, mm -hmm. basically, and like woke up in the hospital and was like, well, time for some changes <laughs> because my breakfast is cigarettes and Red Bull every day and drink myself to sleep every night and wow. you know get four hours of sleep and wake up and go to work again you must have changed so much because <laughs> i i cannot even picture you being the the david rodriguez that's yeah. like shotgun and tequila and doing somersaults into like a strip er, yeah club. erdman <laughs> erdman met some of my friends from that before time he's like oh man i wish i knew david when he was drinking and they were like no you don't <laughs> no it's fine no. Uh, man that's funny yeah, so I, I I had this big breakdown, and I don't know why I, I thought stand up would be a great thing to get into because that's the worst thing for you know anxiety and and panic you know public speaking, but I went into it, and so I would get these like I would get, just get really tense, and I could feel I was standing behind that curtain, and I could feel a panic attack rising like in my stomach. I could feel it bubbling up, and like my muscles tighten until like my hands get like this and just like freeze, and I my brain starts to think that reality is not real and i'm just like frozen in time this is your new faces right before you go on stage this is before i'm about to go on stage for a sold out uh 300 downtown comedy works yeah, 350 100. whatever it is uh like like 30 of my friends are there from uh my old job at the casino and 
once again, total sweet spot in the lineup. I was up like sixth or seventh out nice. of, you know, 13 or whatever it is. And I'm just like, I can, rem I, I remember I'm like, nope, not, not right now. Panic attack. You're going to have to wait. I've rehearsed this five minute set so many times. You got to do it. I got to do this. And then we'll go ahead and have a breakdown in the parking lot afterwards. And I just went on stage and it was, I mean, the feeling of comedy works when it's sold out is you, there's no way, Unreal. there's no way to describe it to people that have not. It's like a lightning bolt is hitting you every punchline. It's yeah. It's just waves of laughter because the lights are so bright and you can't see more than a couple rows of the mm -hmm. crowd, but you just feel it just like washing over. It you. is literally These like laughs. a wave, isn't it? It's like, yeah. it moves you a little bit. And I can, I, I remember just relaxing. I got my first joke out. Which was not the Hitler joke. I don't remember what I opened with. <laughs> with it. Uh, I did eventually do that at New Talent Night, and I loved it. But <laughs> I don't remember what my first joke was. But it was a, I, I did drama club in high school, and it was the same way. You have nerves before the play starts, but as soon as you get your first line out, it's like okay, let's go. Like we practice, we totally. know we, we know what we're doing, and it was like that. Like I had that first punchline hit, and I just relaxed right into that laugh and just felt it. Like you could you can. Timing is is something you just feel, mm -hmm. and when a crowd is hot like that, like I, you know, I made made the most of it, and just hit every single punchline how I wanted, and the set ends with this huge callback, and it's just like mic drop, like I and like I went immediately out, you know, off the stage, out the back door, and mm -hmm. just sat on the steps, and was just like, <sighs> yeah. but did you have was it kind of like one of those? Was it actually a panic attack, or was it you actually had the energy of the stage just kind of? Yeah, it, it it was relief. I, I didn't end up rush. having the panic attack, and that was definitely probably one of the you know turning points to not having them anymore. Like conquered it, like told it no, and didn't let it take over. Tame the beast. Yeah, and Brent Gill, who's hosting, and and Deacon, who's running it, mm -hmm. uh, came outside, and uh, and again, I got a who the fuck are you? Like where did you know you you're never even done New Talent Night? Where'd you come from? Where'd you do comedy before this? I'm like, oh, I, I live in Fort Collins, and uh, I just time. I just started this year. <laughs> yeah. And Deacon told me that I got almost a perfect score from the judges. I got a 244 out of 250. And that's crazy, man. And I was just like, okay, I'm, I just carried that confidence, um, you know, through. And I I got lucky in in the lineup on semifinals and the finals. I was like right in that spot every time. And comedy is, you you can get things that people might not think you deserve uh but it's all about what you do with them you know like you, if you get something and you're not ready for it and you eat shit like you're not going to get that again and you're not going to get things at that level because people are watching and people are you know asking around for for references it's very self-policing in that way yeah. i feel like you know you can you can get opportunities that you're not ready for and you know if you if you don't put the work in mm -hmm. then you're not going to advance higher than than you're capable of because you could have showed up and like bombed at new faces yeah and but like you did really well and i love what i love about it is like the, the proof is kind of in the pudding with yeah a performer when it comes to stand-up well people yeah people can get mad at like you know new people getting stuff or getting shows or spots or whatever but it's like it's a contest and i knew it was a contest and so i studied contests and i was like I went to all of the rounds before my round and watched people. And I was like, what does well? What doesn't do well? Um, and they don't know. see the work you put into doing that right. when, you, when you go crush. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so, I, I, yeah, I studied. I constructed my set. I made, you know, I put that call back in because, like, this is, this is what does well. I've, you know, I hate it on Boulder, you know, pandering, like, oh. <laughs> basic. I'm like, this isn't art. Like, this is calculation like this is what I I'm doing what I need to excel in this format. Did you need to do that to have the confidence to go on stage? Um I I I don't know if I've ever actively thought about get, having confidence on stage because I whenever I'm on stage like I love it. Like I genuinely love being up there and I think the crowd response to that or whoever's in the room because it's like, it's like genuine. Like I genuinely enjoy being there and in that, you know, being present in the moment is a big thing for advancing your, your standup and your, 
you know, your jokes and your material because a lot of comics will get on autopilot, you know, they'll write their joke and they'll do it. Mail it in. And they'll, yeah. And they'll, they'll, you know, do it the same way or, or they'll blame the crowd or whatever. But like if you're in the moment and you can hear yourself and you can feel it and you're interacting, truly connecting with the crowd, everybody in the crowd should feel like you're having a one-on-one conversation with them when you're talking to a room full of people at the same time. Yeah. It's an honest way of like connecting. Yeah. You're both being honest with each other. So I'm not, yeah. So I don't, I don't think of it in terms of being confident. I think of it in terms of my natural conversational self shining through and trying to get to that place rather because I think comics that focus too much on having confidence come off as cocky or overconfident, uh, which people will reject immediately. Totally. You know, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Yeah. Why are you, why do you, yeah. Why do you, why do I feel like you're about to like throw a beer in my face? <laughs> you know, like, like, oh yeah, you know, I love that cocky. Like, what's up? What's yeah. going on? It's like, oh, this place fucking sucks. You suck. Like, yeah. All right, let's do some jokes. <laughs> my career is going great. I'm in this shithole. Like, we live here. Like, what do you, why would you say that about yeah. the Omaha Funny Bone? <laughs> <laughs> so you, 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 you advance, you, you crush your first set. Do you like you go to the semifinals? You move on from then. And yeah, then I moved on from the first round of the semifinals. You get one more minute, so I added one more joke, and was able to get a bunch more people to come because it was the semifinals, and that was right before High Plains. Mm-hmm. I advanced to the finals like a couple days before High Plains started, and I was a volunteer uh, that year. I was like just driving comics around, so I just met as many people as I could. Good gig. It was, yeah, it's awesome. I love it. I recommend it to every comic that's just starting out to volunteer for that festival and get a wristband and get into every show you can and just meet as many people as you can. Next year. <laughs> yeah, next year. <laughs> Not this year. Again, RIP. Yeah. Uh, after the after the semifinals, it was like I had like two months to wait until the finals, I think, and just obsessed over it like every day, just like writing, rewriting, taking stuff out. And the energy on that night was just, I mean, it was probably, it's top a top five comedy memory for me. That's so cool. Probably the, fi- I mean, I, I, and something that I recommend to all comics as well, is to go, go to the finals, even if you're not in it, like support your friends, support whoever, because totally. it's one of the best nights of the year at comedy works. Everybody is like so fired up. It means so much here in this city. You know, you get a, it's, you know, it doesn't mean much nationally. It's you find su- out it's like once you Super get Bowl of yeah. like Colorado comedy. Yeah. Once, once you, once you get out more and start doing festivals, you realize your hometown credits don't mean as much, uh, outside, <laughs> uh, which is, which is a bummer, but I mean, it's a big, you know, Josh blue won it and <laughs> the electricity in that room. I've only, uh, the only time I felt it more insane in that room was when they came and they filmed the uh, roast battle. Comedy Central came and filmed roast battle there, oh. and like had cameras and like effects, and like that night was wild. Was completely wild, yeah. And just standing just directly off stage was like this is again. How could you experience this and and not be like, yeah, I don't want to be here all the time? Because I remember because I moved on in New Faces a couple years mm-hmm. ago. That was like the first year I did it, and I was like, oh crap, I could do stand up like yeah. kind of moments and. Oh yeah, I picked what? you. I picked you. With the, so there's a gambling pool every year. Really? Oh that yeah. That people bet on people bet on people, and uh, <laughs> I, I picked. I was the only one to pick you because nobody else knew who you were. This is your first time, like going down there, and I felt good. I felt very smart. Oh, I mean for that. I'm glad you won some because I was. Yeah. I was. Uh, I remember seeing that. I was tagged in the thing, and they were betting on. Like I like, could see everyone betting, and yeah. it showed me like Luke, just like no votes. Yeah. <laughs> Like oh that's got confidence that's yep, good that was, I was like well he's gonna he's gonna shock some people because he's funny and he's got jokes and that's what and that like people are like I don't know so many comics get hung up on doing material that is pushing the envelope yeah or you know they're edgy or they're like if you don't get it like whatever but I'm like no in a club like you want to have fun like yeah, people don't want to be sad they don't want to like I don't know which sounds you know comedy it's a constant balance you got to find a balance between being true to yourself and talking about things that you want to talk about but also being marketable and palatable and bookable to complete strangers and make people laugh at the end of the day people laugh that is your literal job is to make people laugh make people laugh in these amount of seconds yeah people are paying you to do that and it's but the, I mean, of course, there's something to be said for not compromising and doing what you, you know, plenty, probably the, you know, the best artists did that. They don't compromise. They do exactly what they want to do. But we're not them. No. 
Well, it's not. There's. It's We're not, not them like, yet. Yeah, it's not like you're selling out. It's just like you understand that there's obstacles you need to overcome to move forward with whatever you want to do. Because for me, it's just like I knew if I if I took like this shitty joke out, there, I I can get more shows. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make. I just want to do more shows because going yeah. to shows is the most fun. And people are yeah. I mean, comics are stubborn, especially young comics. You know, they're stubborn about it, and they're like, well. Fuck them if they don't like this joke. This joke is funny. I know it's funny, so I'm gonna do it until I have zero friends on Facebook. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> comedy, getting getting things in comedy, getting better at comedy is literally not more complicated than being present on stage and refining jokes every time you're up there and getting gigs and opportunities in comedy is literally not more complicated than impressing the person in charge of it totally that's all it is that's and the entire industry every time i've gotten booked for the most part i mean i i'll, I'll reach out now because i like i know, know a lot of people in the scene nowadays mm-hmm. but like early on it was like i need to do really well at this show because i know comics will be there and there's a good chance a comic will have a show that mm-hmm. i could also do yeah comics comics will give you 98 percent of your work in the first few years and I mean, for most of that afterwards, too. Yeah, you gave me my first gig, actually. Which one was it? It was a Colorado room. Was it Colorado room? Mm-hmm. I remember it was Joke Cella. Oh, nice. I did a two-minute set. I love Joke Cella so much. Was it, it the, the winter one? The Christmas one? winter one. Christmas one. Yeah. And that was like, that was, I just did my first uh, comedy work set that week. Mm-hmm. And it was a two-minute set, which was like, oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. The set at Joke Cella was two minutes. Yeah. So I just did the same jokes because that was like that was the first time I felt the comedy works wave. So I had all this confidence yeah. to go on this. That oh, was a hot I, show, too. That was nuts. Yeah. Everyone, that show, it, like everyone crowding around and then all these seats, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because it was cold, so we had the flaps down. So we didn't, you know, it was a smaller room. But, there, you know, standing room with like 40 comics on the show. Totally. That show is, I love, that show is so chaotic, but so easy to run because there's so many comics on it and next, they'll, they'll all bring people like it's easy to just to promote because there's everybody will spread the word about it you know yeah uh and it's always I, yeah it's the best i can't wait to i that, one of my goals is to have it be one of the first shows when the club opens if there's no you know restrictions nice which obviously that would be tough that'd be hard yeah <laughs> stay six feet away yeah. no more than you know well, it's good that hody's has enough room that you could do socially distanced shows to start out yeah, I just don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to claw my way through, you know. I want to open with no restrictions if possible. So if I have to push back a couple months, I will. Right now, the tentative plan is to open in January and do, like, local showcases and kind of soft opening, get in the groove, get see what we need, you know, server-wise, get into the flow of things and ramp up to, like, a big headliner in, like, mid-February or something like that. Nice. Because you moved from the boot to Colorado Room, right? Yeah. So yeah. Well, I um I think I did the Aggie in between, because I, from the very beginning realized the value of networking, like in comedy, paid stage time is a premium, and it's a commodity. It's mm-hmm. it's the only it's the only thing that drives the industry. That's what we all. That's what every comedian wants. Stage time. Paid stage time. Paid stage. More yeah. so, you know, paid stage time with good crowds. There is nothing more valuable. Mm-hmm. In all of stand-up comedy, if you can get a room of fifty plus people into a nice room, yeah, and you're paying the, a headlining comic, you can get some crazy, like, yeah, some good headlining. And comics. I realized that, and I always wanted to stay in Fort Collins. I didn't want to go down to to Denver, and so I wanted to build something up here so I wouldn't have to drive. And we realized that comics will come up, in a heartbeat come up from Denver to do a good show. Mm-hmm. Ten bucks, and two drinks, okay, yeah. yeah. Get linked in with the other people who are running shows and headliners who were coming through. I was like, my goal was to build a national like web uh, you know with just connections and and friends and so after the boot shut shut it down so that they could keep playing college sports that nobody was watching um i remember hearing something like that they like we need to like spend like a three thousand dollar radio ad it's oh yeah that was right out of the gate they were mad they try the reason when they shut us down they were like they pointed to they're like well we're still in the red because we spent five thousand dollars on these radio ads and we're like why did why (laughs) why did you do that we didn't say to do that. Yeah. You're like you're running a great business underneath their business. That's they were just they weren't they weren't like charging people for tickets. Like we had 80 people in the room, and the manager was like, "We need to talk about the numbers." And like he would pull them up and be like, "We had 18 tickets sold, like last week." And I was like, "There's 80 people in that room. 
Like, what are you doing? It's not our fault. That, Their yeah. server, there was a brand new server there every week. Like, the staff turnover was crazy. A lot. I mean, it's gone now and for a reason. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but we had a meeting after that, and they're like, we need to have, we need to find a smaller room so that it's easier to fill and it'll be more fun. And I was like, that's true. But also, we should find a bigger room. We should go bigger. And I dipped into theater booking and wanted to learn about that because I was like, I want to keep pushing up. Want to keep moving up, you know? Yeah. Make bigger and better connections and and learn about the industry and and figure it out because you know still a year into comedy, maybe less. I, this is it closed in August for High Plains, I think, or maybe it was a year. Maybe I was like almost two years in, and just approached the theater and I was like, "Can we do comedy here?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure, <laughs> of course." That sounds great. We'll bring in seats. Like we'll, you know, we'll co-promote and split the profit and blah blah blah. I was like, okay, cool. That, that's when uh, Fort Comedy presents. Who? Yeah, who was the first person you brought? Josh in? Blue. Josh. We had Blue. Josh Blue do the first one, and we had Todd Berry do the second one, and we had Rory Scovel do the third one. Killer. Uh, and yeah, you know, straight white men. That's the backbone yep, that's of a- comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's gonna be your bread and butter. Yeah. Uh, and then we had Carmen Lynch do the third. Don't don't cancel. Them. We had a yeah. woman do the fourth. Yeah, we fix it up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we. And I learned about that, and I I I, re, I learned that it's really not more complicated than you find out who represents the comic you want to bring, mm-hmm. and you send them an email. Be like, I have this venue. This is the capacity. Do they have availability? Would you be interested? And they say, Yep. Here's what. Here's what we are asking in terms of percentage of ticket sales, blah, blah, blah. Like if you can send an offer sheet that says that, we'll do it. And you can either, you know, counter or go back and forth or just say yes. And then you sign a contract and then that comic will come do your show. How often do you negotiate prices down? Are you always just like, that sounds good. More so, more so now, now that I have more confidence and more reference, you know, points, because in the beginning I have no idea. They could have been like, they're going to take all the door and the bar and they get to have sex with your wife. And I'd be like, okay. Sure. Well, that's great. Josh Blue. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and now, now that I kind of know what to expect and know what's more interest, industry standard, I can be like, well, can we maybe you know do eighty five percent instead of ninety percent here? And can we take this out? And we've got these expenses, so can we take those expenses out on the you know on the front end instead of uh, out of my pocket? Yeah. And, and stuff like that. And and agents will you know it's give and take, and you develop relationships and you know them. So now like I now when I'm gearing up to start booking next year's calendar for the club like i have it's like five or six agents like one of each of the major agencies and like a couple other people that i can just send an email to be like hey this is what i'm doing this is the room size um do you want to jump on a call send me a, a current uh roster of comics that you represent and let's just let's just get a bunch of people booked yeah dude and that's all and then i'll do that for like a couple days to fill it out and then you know go from there it's funny how like it seems like it's so more much more complicated yeah it's so shadowy and it's like mysterious and you're like oh yeah like i'm getting into it you're like where do you even start yeah where do you go but there's really there's like three agencies that's it that represent most of the comics and like that's it you know like there's gersh there's uh caa and there's WME, and those are like the major ones that I do, and that's it. And like you email one person there, and be like, I want this person. They're like, okay, this this guy handles him. Let me let me give you his email, and then now you're connected. Bam! Like that's it. That's so crazy. <laughs> and once you're in there, like that's and it's just and it's just people. Agents are just people, and you can call them and talk to them. And their job is to listen to you, and hear your offer, and relay it to the comic that you want to book. Damn. So they'll do it. Should be an agent. <laughs> it seems like an easy seems job. like a. <laughs> it does, and they, <laughs> and they don't like it when you point that out. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's like, how? Why have you not emailed me for three weeks? That your your job is to get your client work. Like, what are you? Why are you dragging your feet? I don't know. Well, you know, I got. I had <laughs> very early on. Um, who's I trying to? I was trying to book uh, Bobcat Goldthwait. Nice. And Adam knows him. And so he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll put you in touch with them, but yeah. you'll probably have to go through. Adam Caton Holland? Yeah. Nice. He's, he's friends with Bobcat. Bobcat directed a few episodes of, of his show, and he like came out and did High Plains and you know, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, yeah, I bet Bobcat would totally come out. I was just trying to set up something for the Oriental and the Aggie. And he's like, I'll put you in touch, uh, but you're probably going to have to go through his agent. But like, I'll, I'll give you his email, and you can reach out and you know, 
Uh, and so I emailed him and he, he got back to me. He was like, this sounds great. Uh, I would love to do it. Uh, let me forward you, uh, send you to my agent and you guys, you know, hammer it out and then we'll get it done. And I talked to his agent and his agent said one thing and then like ghosted me for like <laughs> three weeks and I, and I'm still young. So I don't, I don't know how long to wait before I, you know, you follow up and I followed up a couple times. Oh, hey man, you know, just, just checking in. Hi. The, his agent didn't get back to me at all <laughs> and i emailed bobcat back i was like hey uh, i'm just checking in like i you know I, I sent the sent the offer and never heard anything back and he's like oh okay no, no no problem let me forward that to uh to my other guy over here and so he forwards the offer to that agent's boss uh, and was like hey this guy you know this guy never got back on this offer what do you think about it and then so i got an immediate call from that agent because i you know didn't mean to go right over his head but it did, it, you know, went right around him. And so I'm sure he got shit from his boss being like, why aren't you on the ball with these things? And so he called me real mad. He's like, that is, n that's not how things are done. That's not cool. What? That's not, and I'm just like, oh, I don't, I'm sorry. Do your job. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I don't know. What to say. So I, I learned pretty quickly that, you know, there's, there's, def there's hierarchies everywhere. And yeah. just finding the appropriate place in the ladder to send your things is important. Well, it's a good thing you did that, though. I think that guy was just full of shit and didn't do his job that day, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I still work with him. Oh, so okay. it's like, oh no, he's cool. He's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe, no, I just yeah. start naming people. Uh, it's just so cool that like you you start it starts with the love of stand up, but then it moves on to like you you want to like make opportunity for more people and you want to do more shows. And yeah, you wanna, it's you want to build it. Yeah, it's a community. And I love building that because it takes a lot of people to make a great scene. And I mean, don't, like, don't get me wrong. Like, at, the motive for all of this is very selfish, and it's all to serve myself, <laughs> ultimately. <laughs> but however, but yeah, in doing that, scraps of success will fall. Realize, you. yeah, it's trickle down. Mm -hmm. You know, you guys, I you lift me up, and I'll make you no. Uh, <laughs> But building the, I mean, I'm, I can't, I wouldn't be able to do it if it was, you know, just me or if there was just two open mics here and one show. Like we need everybody. We need, we need people that love comedy to start shows and, and produce things and work on their jokes. And because that's who we're going to need to fill all the slubs at the, at the club with and get the city excited about it. And we can get bigger and better names here and keep growing Fort Collins because we already have a pretty good reputation just off the few shows that we do here like not just Colorado Room which everybody loves but I mean your show like at, at Scrumpy's I've never heard a bad thing about it like Jacob's shows like ever you know uh, when Patero's was here it was an incredible and something about Fort Collins like the shows are just hot and I think it's because people like uh, the culture up here is people just want to go out and have a beer and yeah. it's like hey let's go out and have a beer and yeah, go see a comedy show. But now it's become more of like I mean, when you had the Colorado room every Thursday, that room's packed. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, people are it's it, people are like the perfect it's the perfect like demographic here, like age wise. You know, it's that like mid twenties to late thirties. They're like they're hip, they're smart, they're woke. They went yep they went to, they went to see a shoe and they're like I don't want to leave so they yeah, just yeah, yeah. plop right down. Yeah, yeah, the crowds are they're warm, they're receptive. They're they're down for pretty much anything if you come with a, a positive energy and, and good jokes and then word of mouth just spreads. It's 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 a big enough city to where there's enough people to support this type of thing, but it's a small enough town to where word of mouth travels very quickly still. So a, a lot of you know things are are coming together, converging nicely. Yeah, I mean I have nothing but I think we're the club's gonna smash, dude. I think it's gonna it's gonna wobble through the pandemic yeah because i missed hodies like i was hosting hodies and like that that's where you got your start that's where i got my start mm -hmm. and that's where a lot of like great comics kind of started but it's really cool to see that, that now that'll be the hub that's the hub that's our home yeah the phoenix out of the ashes kind of thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I, I hope so and again hopefully being very calculated and realistic about you know operations in these times where things are always kind of changing and not just having blind optimism <laughs> will help. Yeah, you, I mean, you want success, but you also don't want to like hurt people. Right. Yeah. 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 I just. Yeah. I can't wait until we can get back to just being real gross in <laughs> tight spaces together again. <laughs> I miss. You know. I miss hosting it. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm just going to I'm going to lick everybody's face. <laughs> well, uh, comics, if you're listening to this, uh, go ahead and hit up David on Facebook for some spots. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just give up. I'm going to post my phone number. Um, no, don't ask me directly. Ask your friends. Why am I not booking you? And then never speak to me or get your comedy in front of me and resent me because that's the normal life of a booker. <laughs> is, yep. You know, you, you can't fake it. You can't do one open mic a month and then want to yeah. do 10, 15 minutes on yeah. a showcase. Yeah, because I, I can ask. There's plenty of people that I trust that also run shows. Be like, hey, is this person ready for this much time? And behind closed doors or in a group chat, you know, not in public, people are like, fuck no. Don't do that. Don't give that person that much time. Uh <laughs> how often do you uh do you think comics when they're not on shows when they're at shows how much of that is them talking shit uh we probably spend less time doing other things that's probably the majority <laughs> i would say is just talking shit uh <laughs> i've got a, a particularly brutal group chat that that's just all we that's really? that's just the outlet <laughs> we just it's we just take a screenshot of somebody's post and you put it in the group chat and then it's just off to the races That's fantastic. for a while. And these are all comics, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah. it's just high-level weaponry. It's, yeah. <laughs> and then after a while, you develop your favorites of people to dunk on because mm -hmm. they're just consistently doing shit that you don't, that is just not good. Yeah, one's dunkable. One's so dunkable you had to unfriend them, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's even beyond fun. That's yeah. just like, ah, you'll be in charge of the open mic when we when we get back open again we already talked about this my gift to you yeah, is that you can you. continue <laughs> doing the thing that not many people will do but it's is endlessly valuable running an open mic is so important i definitely encourage everybody to do it um, start one if you have to mm -hmm. um, or talk to a host that has been running one for a long time because they'll be ready for a break and they'll let you guest host <laughs> mm -hmm. for sure i equate it to like you know how you People say everybody should work in a restaurant mm -hmm. so that you know, you know how to treat service industry people. Yeah. Like you should run an open mic because then you'll know how to behave like at other open mics and what to expect and how difficult of a, of a balancing act it is. Yeah. Definitely it, walk in there and say, I want to go second. Or yeah. I want to go third. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll, <laughs> it'll teach you how to manage things. It'll teach you how to host. It'll teach you how to think on the fly when, you know, some 20 year old college kid comes up and just starts dropping end bombs on your <laughs> on your stage and you got to do damage control after that you gotta uh, somehow get the crowd to laugh again yeah you're like yeah. hey that was nice guys <laughs> uh have you done any shows during the old pandemic yeah i've done a i've done a couple i just did one in denver and i'm going down to trinidad to do one yeah they've been they've been good as good as they can be. It's, you, which ones do you like more? Do you like Zoom? Do you like car shows? Or do you like the socially distant shows? Because those are the three that are The car there. parking lot shows um, make me want to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I, 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 I can't. I can't do You're it. Just talking to vehicles, man. <laughs> yeah, it's quiet. I, I, did, I did Jacob's show and it was like, there were people there. And like, I thought it would be like, it would scratch the itch a little bit, but it was like, you're out there on this, like on this wooden stage in a parking lot. All the cars were like 15 feet away. You could barely see people. It was like cold and it started getting like windy. And so like <laughs> winds whipping at my face and like raindrops are coming and I'm going to do 20 minutes and it's just silent. And I'm just like, this is a, an, a, an actual nightmare that I had one time. And I <laughs> almost quit comedy after doing that. Wow, uh, that would have been quite the end. I just, yeah, it's just, that's not what comedy is meant to be. A Zoom is better. Zoom, Zoom when you can hear people laugh is better. Like the Instagram yeah. live shows are hard because they're silence and Zoom shows where they have everybody mic'd is hard. But I did one, um, Ron V, the guy who books the San Francisco Punchline has one running pretty regularly and I did that one and it was amazing. Right they, it, there was like 120 people there and tons of people with their with their cameras on and like laughing and like jessica Curson was on it and oh, she's the best dude. she's a crusher and uh matt knutson was on it he's great and mandel closed it out and was just like how am i on this lineup this is like, how bizarre is that that felt like yeah it's cool because any any comics all over the country are available to do shows right now like i got judah to come on and you know do our zoom show and like jackie cation eddie pepitone like these people are the best yeah, so that's cool. I, that's fine, um, but yeah, outside shows that are that are distanced are 
that's the closest we're gonna get right yeah. now. I did Greeley a couple months ago. Oh, the Moxie, yeah. The mo and it was just like everyone wanted to like shake hands and yeah, hug yeah. afterwards. Like, no, Greeley doesn't immediately believe that the mm -hmm. virus happened. Which yeah, is pretty interesting. Yep, and they, that's why they have the highest cases in northern Colorado. But it's fine. Uh, yeah, I think we're. I talked to the owner. I just need to get cleared from the city and find out what we need to do to utilize that back parking lot at Hody's. Yeah. And we'll definitely start up a mic and maybe even like a, a bi-weekly or weekly showcase and just put it up on the marquee, party in the back, BYOB type thing and like close it off. That'd be so cool. So that's my next project as we start construction. Be able to get something back there. Killer, dude. Thanks yeah. for coming in. Looking forward to the future. Thanks for having me, man. That's the show, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Goofin'. Thanks for keeping Goofin' going. Be sure to follow the Comedy Fort, and if you're anywhere near Fort Collins, please support the fort when it comes up. It's going to be, it's, I mean, we're obviously going to try and make things safe, but, you know, it's, it's, it's the little nugget of hope for the future. So very excited to see the Comedy Fort come up in Fort Collins. Uh, hope you all have a jolly good week. Be sure to follow us at Goofin' Gaston, wherever the hell you want to find us. Uh, thanks for listening. Love you guys. See you later. Take care. Sorry, sorry everything's on fire out there. All right. Love you. Bye.